Greetings, salutation, and welcome to the channel for all your relationship need. Too long have a woman been left out in the cold, desolate with the deception fed to them about who they are, how they should live, what they should do and say, even where they should go, and who they should choose to live their life with. On this channel, we will be dissecting and presenting the authentic truth, revealing the illusions of the world as women are situated to operate from a position of strength. There is someone who cares about you and your future. My name is Kareem Ainsley, and I have been given charge to ensure that females are transformed into ladies and are cultivated into princesses to be prepared as a queen for her king. Enjoy and embrace the awakening as you listen, like, comment, share, subscribe, and turn your notification on so you will be in the know. For those who have been moved by the Spirit to make a direct communication, feel free to do so using the VIP section, the comments. And if you would like to reach out to me personally, the communication address is listed below. Those whose hearts have been impressed to contribute to the ministry, you can do so by using the information in the description. Thank you for your time and do enjoy edification, elevation, encouragement, empowerment, and emancipation as you allow yourself to assimilate the information within the context of biblical understanding with the expectancy that you exercise wisdom in deciding your trajectory for now and eternity. We live in a world in which the perception of reality is more real than the reality itself. Question: If you are heading to a destination and each time on the course you only go half the way, how long will it take you to reach that destination? Stay to the end for the answer. The context of our conversation will be under the caption Yoked on equal or equal. As it relates to being yoked, it speaks of compatibility. The two being unequal at the beginning is like the fighting of opposite waters flowing in the same river. Throughout the Word of God, we see time after time the consequence of the practice of being yoked incompatibly. We see Samson, though he was a strong man, he became weak to the flesh and desired after that which he should have had no part. Not to mention, he was the scourge of the Philistine, and they were the enemy of his people, the Israelites. Yet he allowed passion instead of purpose to drive his direction. Defying God's instruction is an act of rebellion in which you are putting your authority over that of the Creator. 
It is similar to the Pope Vicarious Philae claiming to be God on earth when he has no such authority excepting that which is given to him. The act of defiance is blasphemy. No mortal man has any superseding authority of the universe infallible creator. Let us now turn our attention to Deuteronomy 7 verses 3 and 4. It says, Neither shalt thou marry with them, thy daughters thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughters shalt thou take unto thy son. Verse 4, For they will turn away the sons from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. In Deuteronomy, we are seeing that it is imperative that like intermingle with likes, and it is indicated that if we do contrary to the will of God, we will be destroyed suddenly, not to mention it brings anger to God. The reason for this anger is due to 1. Defiance of the word of God, 2. The potential of the relationship to turn you away from God, 3. The turning away from God leads to idolatry, 4. Idolatry is false worship, which takes you from under the covering of God's authority and His blessings. As we continue the review of Samson's attempt at integration, in the book of Judges 14 verse 2, it outlines to us, And he, Samson, came up and told his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman in Thimnat, of the daughters of the Philistine. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. Samson visited Timnat and fell in love with the Philistine. Returning home, he told his parents that he has seen a woman in Timnat and commanded that they get her for him to wife. We are seeing a few mistakes being made in this instance. First, he went to a place that he had no business being. Second, he engaged in seeking after and desiring something that he has no place with. Third, he allowed himself to be consumed by passion instead of purpose. If you want a quality thing, it is most ideal that you would go to a quality place with the quality people to provide it. Simple, if you want sweet water, you would go to a stream that springs sweet water. You wouldn't go to a stream or a locale that springs bitter water. As a woman, you cannot want a man of God and go to a bar, a club, the pub to pick up one. The man of God must first of all be sober-minded. What are you thinking? Why would you seek to fall from grace to momentarily gratify your appetite? In the discombobulated state and the utterance that Samson projected to his parents, it caused them to be astonished, and they asked if there was not a woman among his people that was acceptable. 
The stubborn Samson insisted that the woman he saw and fell in love with was the right one for him. But was she? The man left the safety of the camp of God, went over into the enemy's camp to take a wife when there were virgins, women of God, in his camp. There were women who were pure, sharing the same ideologies, belief, religious structure, and had the same intentions and purpose for the will of God. But he was more comfortable in finding a harlot woman in the world to intermarry. So too, our women leave the church of God to go outside of God to find a man who they have no business in that time having dealings with, who is not of God and tries to bring him in the faith to enjoy the conversion party. We know from history and statistics that these relationships have a 90% chance of failure. That is a risk that you should not be comfortable to take when you already have the strategy. Now back to Samson. We see how his almost marriage unveiled in an instant fiasco. The groom, Samson, gave a riddle. The Philistine threatened damage to the bride's family to get the answer from the husband. She obliged, dishonoring her potential husband before he was her husband. Upon discovering the deception, the trickery, he stormed away to the home of his parents, not getting to complete the delights of the marriage. He was given another chance. Strike one, Samson. While back with his people, he was serving in leadership capacities, being among the judges. Instead of learning, things got from bad to worse, as he then again got entangled with another Philistine. Interestingly enough, this one was a prostitute in the city of Gaza, where Gaza where Gaza next to the gully. Gaza is depicted as the place of stronghold. When he was in the place he should not have been, the enemy surrounded the city to capture him. In order to escape, he took away the door and the post of the city gate. That is strike two for Samson. So too, in youthful exuberance, our females at time move into the realm of prostituting themselves with the enemy. And this intermingling creates stronghold. They desire to leave but are unwilling because of the connections and the ties that they have. But I can assure you today that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is willing and able to break those strongholds. I can assure you that if you follow the instructions of the Lord, He can turn your Gaza into a place of safety and a place of refuge. The only way this will happen is if you let Him. Samson again on his quest to pursue his desires outside the will of God found himself in the arms of another Philistine whose home was in the valley of Sorek and her name was Delilah. The term Delilah actually means a flirt. According to the account, she met and exceeded expectations of the name she was assigned. 
That is why it is important that a woman do not engage in or fall victim of flirting, flirtation, and any of its sub-derivatives, because those who engage and partake would be wrapped up in bed with Delilah. Would you want to be called a Delilah? No, that doesn't fit your brand. His lack of self-control caused him to become addicted to the Philistine women, women of the world, the harlots, the prostitutes, causing him to live a life of dissatisfaction as he led his soul into destruction. Three times she inquired of him to reveal the secret of his strength. Two times after he told her something, she tried it and called men upon him. But he overcame as she did not yet have the secret. After all this, on the third request, he actually told her. And again, she called the men upon him. This time, what he had told her was true. The symbolism of his hair was what allowed him to have the strength. He went to her a strong man with hair on his head and left her chambers as a weak and bald man, soon to have his eyes plucked out. He was then repurposed to now do the work of animals by turning a wheel, strike tree for Samson. So too, when a woman go after men in the world, they run the risk of entering the relationship with integrity, holiness, esteem, clothed, accepted, etc. But when they leave, if they get a chance, they are damaged, discredited, demoralized, dehumanized, naked, exposed, and rejected. But I'm here to tell you, Women in that state still have hope when they realize as there is always hope in King Jesus. It was not long after, Samson in his state of humility died after regaining his strength and taking down the Philistine in the building in which they were making him a spectacle. And just like that, he was out. Some women never get a chance to leave the relationship. The relationship takes their lives. But most importantly, the relationship robs them of their soul salvation, leading them into damnation. It is not God's intention that any of his children should perish. But if God's intention is not aligned with your intention, then indeed, you may seek to perish. But remember, that was never his intention. John 3 and verse 15 indicates that those who believe it in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to visualize in your mind at this time. Consider yourself being iron and you are hitting a wood. What do you think will happen? Well, the iron will damage the wood. But in the same breath, the iron will also become dull. But consider this for a moment. If you're an iron and you come in contact with an iron of equal value and composition, then what will happen? Well, the iron will be sharpened, becoming more resilient.
Proverbs 27 and verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. It means simply that iron sharpens iron, and if you are an iron, you cannot go to a block of wood to become a sharpened. You can only go to the wood to become a damaged dull while damaging the wood itself. What I want to say to you is this. Staying away from some relationships is an expression of love that God understands. Because you are both protecting yourself from becoming dull and being a stumbling block in the other party's way as well as you are protecting the other individual from being damaged because there is a lack of similarity. Love at first sight, falling in love, infatuation, obsession, flirting. All of these are awful deceptive tactics the enemies utilize to entice and derail our women as they rendezvous in the enemy's camp. The truth, people of God and people of the world are not designed for each other and not all people of God and people of God are designed for each other either. That is just the way it is. I don't have a say in it, but it is my duty to enlighten people as to what God has prepared for them. Israelites and Philistines are not designed for each other. There is no need to seek inclusion if you are an Israelite. However, if you are a Philistine, nothing is wrong with denouncing the sins of your people and repenting, being baptized and reformed while securing your salvation in Jesus Christ. We must admit the values, religious concepts, beliefs, philosophies, ideologies, and worship of the two are not parallel. They are polar opposite, making them incompatible. Can two walk unless they agree? Amos 3 and verse 3. We want our relationship to grow together and not to grow apart. You have always heard people stating at the latter days in their relationship, when the relationship is coming to the end, we grew apart. That is not the case. They were never together in the first place. That's the only way you can grow apart. If you had become one under God, you would not have chosen to grow apart. And that is why it is so important to have the foundation excavated to the depths required in King Jesus. So the building, when constructed, will maintain its structural integrity. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14 outlines to us, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion had light with darkness? There is no need for one that is in the body of Christ to seek after, trying to pursue or get engaged, to one that is outside the body with an intention to become one. It is our duty to help unbelievers to believe. It is our duty to display righteousness to the unrighteous. It is our duty to shine light in darkness. But it is not our duty nor is it our responsibility 
to get into a unification relationship with the intention to lead into oneness with unbelievers, those who are unrighteous, and those who are in darkness. Did you not hear what God said? Is it not wise to have God in your decision-making? The woman should not be overwhelmed by the terrain of her legs in making decision of this magnitude. As the brain is in the head, her soul belongs to God. Oftentimes I'm asked a question during counseling. If you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and the gentleman is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, can we engage in a relationship with the intention of marriage? The answer is yes, you can if it is the will of God. The next question is, if you both don't have the Holy Spirit and you are both baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, can we engage in a relationship with the intention of marriage? The answer is yes, because there is equity, equality in state of spirituality. Question number three. If one is baptized and have the Holy Ghost, they are in the body of Christ and the other is seeking the Holy Ghost. Should they get involved? The answer is no. It is not time to marry. The one who is baptized and have the Holy Ghost will be a stumbling block to the one who is seeking after the Holy Ghost. You cannot get bitter and sweet water from the same fountain. It is more important to have the Holy Ghost in your life than to have a partner. So if you have it, your partner too should have it to be equally yoked. Else, you will be a stumbling block to the person receiving that which they need. Some women make the mistake of pre-programming their minds to say that they're going to marry a young man without the fundamental requirements being met. They invite the individual to church with their wrong intention and the motives, having their own agenda to be executed and exercised, with the whole objective to try and get them saved before they married. That is one of the biggest mistakes that you could make, telling a Philistine that you will wait until they become an Israelite. Do not allow yourself to become emotionally diluted, mentally unstable, or spiritually decapitated to fall for such a trap in which you are waiting on something or someone that God did not prepare for you. Be not be overcome with the temptation to take things out of season either, else you will add to the creation of an aberration. Let's hear what the Word of God has to say about this. Matthew 24 verse 9 and 10 Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and he shall be hated of all the nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Simply put, I am seeing where what was comfortable what was enticing, what was satisfactory, what was good in your eyes will turn on you because it was never designed in alignment with the will of God. Just a word of caution, I want a woman to remember that not everyone who claims to be a follower of Christ is a Christian. 
any relationship that you engage in with the intention of marriage must be built on the foundation of that which is right and righteous. In having a successful marriage, there is need for compatibility in various areas, but most importantly in the area of spirituality and a direct connection to the vine that is divine. There are two spiritual forces that exist, that of the evil spirit of Satan and the Holy Spirit of God. If you have two partners, if you have two parties with opposite spirit living together, conflict is certain and chaos is sure. Truth and error cannot live happily together. The marriage of them is failure, as is plastered on the pages from Genesis to Revelation. Are the unbelievers. First uh, John uh, 3 and verse 2 it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Sons of God, those who believe in God, those who abide by his words, his principles, and his precepts are the believers. So those who deviate from his precepts, his outlined approach, they are unbelievers. Because when you believe something, you act upon that which you believe. If you hear something and you don't act on it, you're an unbeliever. 1 John 3 and verse 5, it says, And he know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him we have no sins. So the believers are those who allowed Jesus Christ to take away their sins, and through him they have access to salvation. As we stated before, there are persons out there who knows the right and yet still does the wrong. James 4 and verse 17 talks about these people. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. There is consequence with knowing, and with those consequences, there is a higher level of accountability. There is a higher level of responsibility that has to be taken into consideration. You are held accountable and responsible when you know the right and do the wrong. But sometimes we know the right, but yet we do the wrong. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed by the world's pressure and we allow them to deceive us because we want to be a part of them. But if we are a part of the world, we can't be a part of God. So we have to choose this day who we will serve, whether we will serve God or whether we will serve the world or man. We are reminded not to be deceived. It says in 1 John 3 and verse 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. When we act in accordance with the will of God, doing that which is right and righteous, we are reflecting God's glory. And that is what God wants us to do. If the world and those in it are doing things which are ungodly, unconstitutional, unrighteous, how can we then take their example and expect to be in alignment with the will of God? It does not work like that. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament commandments are clear. 
do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness and unrighteousness? You cannot have one person doing good and one person doing bad. What communion does light have with darkness? You can't be in a house and have light and darkness sleeping together. Light runs away darkness. If you are truly in light, darkness disappears. And what concord had Christ with Belial? There is no relationship between light and darkness, good and evil. They are polar opposite. If you have any intention of becoming one flesh, your spirit needs to be aligned under God. Mark 10 and verse 8 says, And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, two, but one. Because oneness in accordance to the will of God. In a future presentation, we will discuss the ideology surrounding the concept of oneness in marriage. And the two become one. You cannot become one with another if you are incompatible. It is like having the north and the south coming together. Oneness needs to be at the forefront of your intention as without it, you will risk a life of misery. Any relationship that requires you to compromise is not one that you should be a part of. The Bible does not speak about compromising in any marriage relationship. Contrary to the culture who states that you need to compromise for a good marriage, you need to compromise for a good relationship. That is not how the Bible says it should be. Just as our society states that our women should be liberated in ways outside of God, these are deceptions and lies. We will discuss them further in the future. There are a few things that I'd like for you to consider on your journey to being yoke and compatible. Number one, you have to decide who it is that you are serving. Is it yourself or is it God? Just in case you have forgotten, Isaiah 43 and verse 7, Everyone that is called by my name God, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, he I have made him. This is reminding us that we as human beings were created for the pleasure and the glory of God. It means that you are here to serve Him, God. Only when we serve God doing what He says, that is what brings Him glory. When you are out of alignment with the values of Christ, you are actually a devil worshiper. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Choose carefully who you decide to walk with. Number two, you do not possess the capacity to convert anyone. It is only the Holy Spirit who has that mandate. Don't allow yourself to be in a conundrum in which someone potentially got saved you are wondering if it is for you or God. If it is not for God, then that will be unequal yoke, especially in the case when your relationship does not work out as intended. Then your relationship with God 
would have been compromised as a relationship was built on you connecting them to God when they should have been connected to God independently prior to being able to lead you. People can do things that they just know you desire, not necessarily having godly inclinations or intention. Be careful and be aware. In selecting a man to be called your husband, you are not just taking on a temporary situation, you are taking on a permanent position. You are selecting someone who is under the authority of God. You are selecting the one you desire to submit to. You are selecting the one you are comfortable spending the rest of your life with. You are selecting the one you desire to be the father of the children you produce. Selecting the one who will keep the family in alignment with God. You are selecting the one who will care for your salvation and the family as well. Because of the complexities involved, you will need to make a wise selection, not by yourself, but by the direction you are led under the Holy Spirit. Number three, two people claiming to be Christians and are engaged in two different denominations, they are unequally yoked. Who has the correct gospel? Are the doctrine not the same? Remember, the man being the spiritual head would mean that the woman has to submit to that which the man indicates according to the Bible. If this is the case, it is better to be in a relationship with someone who shares your same faith. If one goes to one church and the other goes to another church, that is not godly. That is not unity. And when children become involved, it will be utter confusion, fuss and strife. Even in the same denominations, you can be there and also have conflicting beliefs. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33 remind us, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Your relationship should bring you peace and not rip you to pieces. The fourth point I want to bring to us is, you do not need to step outside the will of God to receive the glory of God. Look at the story of Sarah, Abraham, and Agar. This trilogy relationship was outside the will of God, which added to the confusion and war in the world today. Exercise your faith unto God, and your life will be much simpler without the unnecessary drama, karma, and even trauma. You cannot use people to fill a void that is inside you. You do not need someone to make you complete. You must be complete within yourself before seeking after another or especially joining with another. In the scripture, Paul uses the analogy of two animals connected at the neck, normally for the purpose of plowing land or carrying heavy load. It was noted in the farming community that you never connect a horse with an ant because they were different in size, shape, and purpose. When that was done, it was noted that one animal would take over and lead in the wrong way. The field would never get plowed nor the destination reach under those circumstances. Some of you listening at this time may want to know how to identify if you are unequally yoked. 
we will look at uh, three broad points. Number one, is there a difference in spiritual maturity? When the woman gets in a relationship with a man who has not developed spiritual leadership, it creates an unnecessary tension in deciding who to obey, God or the man. When this happens, there is a tendency for the woman to assert herself to be the head of the house and lead the family spiritually when this was never in God's design. The woman not being able to share with her husband her spiritual journey, growth and development will create breaches in the relationship. In other instances, the woman's spiritual growth becomes stunted. So if you realize there is a difference in spiritual maturity, it may mean that there is some incompatibility lurking in the realms of the yoke. The next thing you want to consider is the difference in values. You have different values. You see it fitting to contribute to the church, but he does not see it as a priority item. The individual would prefer to use that money to buy a new suit or to get a spa treatment. Difference in values can show its head in different ways, including but not limited to you value the church, you believe in the Bible is the final authority on which all major decisions should be made. However, they believe they can make the decision based on their assumption. Even in prayer, you want to pray together and they have no interest in praying. When it comes to how the children are to be cultivated, there are irreconcilable differences. When it comes to morality, you believe in one thing and then you are being positioned to compromise by temptations and pressures for you to go contrary to your desire and spiritual leading. The third thing which is pretty critical and crucial to determine if you are engaging or pursuing a relationship that is bound for incompatibility is the difference in purpose. One may be totally devoted to walking exclusively with Christ. The other has a foot in the corporate world and a foot in the church. Most people invest their time, passion, energy to what their purpose leads them towards. In some cases, it creates what we call division. Die meaning two and vision meaning directions. When we have a relationship that should be one and we have division, it means that there are two competing directionalities that are taking place and if this competition lasts then there will be eternally division and separation. When one has to give up their passion as a compromise, we realize that over time there is normally the development of deep-seated resentment. The more differences you have going into marriage, the more strain it could possibly put on the relationship. So I want you to remind yourself if you ever considered engaging in a relationship that is unequally yoked, remember, God, you, them, the world. God, who do you serve? You serve God. Who comes first? God, you. Think about you.
You are an individual under God's authority. You may think that you are strong, but look at Samson. Solomon thought that he was a wise man, having all those wives and concubines. But at the end of his day, all came down to vanity. And even David, a man of the God's own heart, was led astray. So everything should be done in alignment to the will of God. Then you have to think about them. Are you a true representation of Christ being unequally yoked with a non-believer? You are being a bad witness to the person you are pursuing or who you are allowing to pursue you as you are indicating to them that their desires supersedes that of God. The world. God indicates one thing and then as a follower of Christ, you have taken it upon yourself to indicate by your action that you prefer to obey the world than to obey God, disrupting the purpose and the blessing God has in store for you. When should you end the relationship? You should end the relationship before it gets started. There are just some relationship that is not worth the time to get involved in. It becomes more difficult to see the big picture when you are in it. So if it is not divinely aligned, do not go into it. Do not mistake a moment for a movement. When you are going into a relationship, ensure you have God's blessing. Know the difference. Because when God wants to bless you, he sends people. However, when the devil tries to distract you, he also sends people. Know who is who. Assessing if a relationship will bring you in accordance to the will of God and add to you are crucial, which distinguishes those who take away from you and those who add to you. As we take an inventory, let us remember that our relationship must lead us to God's purpose to be worth our time. If you were very thirsty and you are given a glass of water and then told there is one drop of poison in it, would you drink it? The answer is no. So do not keep toxic relationships in your life. Some of the problems people face are as a result of the people they embrace. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33 says, Be not deceived, evil communication corrupts good manners. Certain types of business deals and partnership would be examples of being unequally yoked as well. Whenever you're in a circumstance where you are tied together so much that their ways of life, their values, their worldviews will function to pull you off the straight and narrow from your beliefs and conviction is an indication of a relationship that is unequally yoked. Being educated in an institution which does not share your values and morals is an example as well of being unequally yoked. This does not negate the fact that we should be connected to unbelievers in a regular fashion, just as our Jesus was. But we are not to be yoked together with them in a way that is going to compromise our own convictions and our own behavior. The opening question that was asked, if you are heading to a destination and each time on the course you only go half the way, how long will it take you to reach that destination? The answer is never. You will not reach that destination 
The question for you: Do you want to be yoked equally or unequally? Do you want to be compatible or incompatible? I decree and declare that the strongholds of desiring to be unequally yoked will be released. Now that you know what a yoke entails, it is better to keep your yoke whole and also to ensure that when the yokes come together, they are equal. Do you think that this is something that God would have you to desire or to be a part? Do you think that God wants your life to be better or better? If you said better, be yoked equally. Today I submit to you to make God Lord of all, or inadvertently you will choose for Him not to be Lord at all. Until next time, signing out is Kareem Ainsley. Loved by women, respected by men. Peace, love, respect. Stay the course and arrive to your destination for the fulfillment of purpose in Jesus Christ.